Imagine yourself as one of the crew of this faster-than-light spaceship of the future, sharing their curiosity to know the unknown, their tension, their readiness for inconceivable adventure. Baffling questions, astounding questions, that not even the world's greatest scientific minds can answer. Computers now have primary control of critical vehicle functions. You are listening to Geeky Brummy. Hello, and welcome to the Geeky Brummy Podcast. Joining me today is Mr. Philip Ellis. Hello, hello, hello. Mr. Guy Halfhard. Sorry. And Mr. Bloomfield will be joining us shortly. He's on the bus. I miss him. <laughs> he's, still, he's even got free bus fare today, and he's still late. Why has he got free bus fare? Because we're recording I see, this. Hang on a minute, has he reached that age? <laughs> <laughs> because we're recording this on Clean Air Day, which means National Express Westmoreland's are offering free day savers to everybody in the Birmingham area. Wow. You can get contactless on the bus now. It's pretty great. I know, but it's a maximum. Tra- it automatically charges you two pound thirty, which is no good for me because I live inside the ring road. So my fare is one pound fifty. I refuse to pay the extra eighty pence. Ryan, you can afford it. Oh, you can walk it. I don't know what you're talking about. You can literally walk it. It's it takes not me that twenty-five fun. minutes to walk to work. It takes me twenty minutes on the bus, and if I'm really fat and lazy. Well, do you know what? it's good exercise on a daily basis I've like actually 20... got a taxi home once and oh, it cost a five god. oh my god it's like 50 minutes of walking a day is good hello do we <laughs> Ryan and I had a lovely bit of aerobic exercise as we were walking um, here today this afternoon Met up after work. Glorious sunshine. Walked here. That was. Well, I was wearing minutes. a shirt a jumper a, combo, I, so I'm like, I was flushed by the end of this. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm, I, I was wearing a, a shirt and a jacket because I'm going to an event later. We both had a bit of a sheen when we got here. You're a sprightly lad, though. So, like, walk, I reckon you walk a lot. You know, it's. Uh... Well, I do. I live in the city centre. I I, re- I rarely ever drive just because all the roads are always closed. <laughs> what down. roads? And there are no and, roads in and Birmingham. Parking costs more than my rent. I was so, going to say there right. are no roads currently in Birmingham. They've all been dug up, or we found Victorian versions of them hidden under other roads. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, have you ever considered becoming a city jogger? Is that a euphemism? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's genuine exercise. Yeah, it's, it's, it's jogging the new dogging. <laughs> it's like a city cycler. You see those people I, in the I, full lycra outfits. I know there's a lot of like body fitting lycra. You know, um, I mean, it's like, are you going for a run or are you going to an obscure club in Berlin? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand these people who like cycle to work, but they put the full gear on like they're about to do Tour de France. It's oh, like yeah, your yeah. commute to work cannot be to the stage where you need. And like her to the stage of shaving three seconds off your journey time. And then that makes me wonder: is like, do you have showers at work? Because I mean, other, I just I, I have so many questions about people who we, show up at work wearing that. We have mm. showers in that. We've had showers installed in our workplace. We've had an email within a week of the showers being over installed saying stop being disgusting and clean up after yourself so I don't even know what uh, people are doing in the showers. Oh, that my mind just went to a horrible place. <laughs> It was like I got the email and I just like uh, 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 uh. Uh. you just don't want to think of your colleagues in that kind of situation. Well, that's the thing. It's this weird like bridging of the sort of you know the the, the work life with the home life. It's like you know bathing, like you know well, it's like, every- personal hygiene that happens at home. It's weird enough thinking about people going to the toilet in your office. Yes, everybody wants to do the Google thing now, which is where you live at your workplace, and that's what Google do is basically, it's all free food, it's all free snacks, they have sleeping pods. Oh, yeah, and they're like, oh, it's we're so cool, like, there's free snacks and there's a pool table because we don't give you, like, a living wage. Yeah, and it's like, we basically don't want you to leave so you can work 16 to 17 hours a day. Yeah. 
Oh, capitalism. Yes. Thou art a, a fierce and cruel mistress. At least we don't work in a warehouse for somewhere that sells goods from A to Z. <laughs> so, Phil, what have you been up to since we last caught up with you? I have been enjoying this glorious British summer weather. I know what he's been doing. He's been drinking. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I said. <laughs> I've been sitting on terraces. I've been going to bottomless brunches, um, and and I, I've been I've been working. She is booked and busy, you guys. You even been to plays, if I understand correctly. Have you been to a play recently? I haven't. No, I have not been to a play in forever. What Philip Ellis are you? Are you following the other Philip Ellis? Sorry, <laughs> that the only one of me. Made. The one that doesn't need an underscore. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> I, I I come here. I'm being attacked. <laughs> I like that guy about the blue tick. <laughs> I did love you. I did love your article about queer eye because we watched the too gay or not too gay episode oh, this week. Thank you. Yeah, um, so that's what I've been doing as well. Yes. I, mean, I, I watched Queer Eye for my job because I love my life. <laughs> it, it's been a really good season this season. It has. I um, so uh, for, for any uh, any listeners who haven't already read it, yes. um, I basically I kept a criery, which is a crying diary. And I wrote an article which was, um, you know, here are all the times that Queer Eye made this queer cry. Nice. Mm-hmm. I like that. And it has been enlightening, the series. And it's, it's, it's interesting because the first season was all filmed in Atlanta, Georgia, which is not known for their pride yeah. and LGBT and it, rules. And this <laughs> season was filmed in the suburbs of Atlanta, yes. Georgia, um, because they get those, you know, great tax cuts if they film that. Yeah. Um, it is interesting because it takes these sort of metropolitan gays and sends them to what you would stereotypically think of as the very, like, you know, conservative redneck South. Yeah, I mean, um, there's even one police officer and it said, and he pretty much was the atypical oh, redneck. He was, well, he, was a, he had a MAGA hat. In yes. his basement, and it's sort of yeah. So it's the whole principle of it is like we can connect with each other across these kind of political divides. And they did connect, and, the they do, and it makes you feel really warm and fuzzy, even if you kind of lose some of the nuance there. What's a MAGA hat? Make America Great Again. Uh, 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 I was thinking it was like one of those things with the beer cans, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he did, sure he that, did uh, like NASCAR, so I'm assuming one of those was available. I'm sure that there is a model out there somewhere on deep in the, the depths of eBay where there is a MAGA hat that's got like a beer can attached to the side of it on one of those big curly yes. shores. <laughs> and now probably going to be a Starburst dispenser as well. <laughs> I don't get it. So in the news, it was reported that Donald Trump at the G7 summit took some Starburst out of his pocket and threw them at Angela Merkel and said, here, don't say I never give you anything. (laughs) Did that genuinely happen? Yes. Wow. He really is just a pub bore. Yeah. Why was he hugging a flag the other day? I didn't didn't get this. I saw a picture of him hugging a flag with a creepy smile on his face. I don't know. I, I, thing is, I don't know, guy, because every time I see a picture of Donald Trump, I sort of just instinctively look away. It's a, <laughs> it's a Pavlovian response. It's like, no, I, it's I, like I, the opposite of one of those magic eye pictures. It, it's, it makes you not want to stare at it for any long time. <laughs> and the, the, it's like uh, this is also in, well, it's one of the many, many things that's so deeply upsetting by the times we live in. There is every week there's a new, you know, incredibly clever magazine cover with his face on it. Yeah, it's, I. I I wish that we could just pretend it wasn't happening. I wish we could pretend he wasn't there. Mm. Obviously, we can't. Yeah. Um, but it just means that every time you turn on your computer or the news, he's there. I know. And it's it's like having a stalker, but like the stalker doesn't know you exist. <laughs> he probably blocked you on face on Twitter by now. I mean, I do quote tweet him. I am I am a bit of a troll. See, one of my favourite Twitter accounts. And I think I've spoken about this before. Is an account called Unfollow Trump, which just 
takes the text off Donald Trump's tweets and tweets them out, so then you don't even have to uh, read it. Well, this and this is the thing. I actually, yes, I will. I will say, um, please stop quote tweeting people who are making you full of you know liberal outrage because all you're doing is actually driving traffic to their tweets. Um, so if you must do screen grab it so they're not getting the attention mm-hmm. uh, or just ignore them and you will sleep so much better <laughs> thank you for your useful social media tips Guy what have you been up to uh, a couple of, a couple of uh, amusing well I, I went to a Cineboard unlimited screening uh, it's going to make me sound real great of all uh, The Incredibles 2 saw Stacey there one of, one of the hottest films people have been waiting for for 20 years yeah pretty much yeah so I saw Stacey Stacey hi Stacey and um yeah, it was a bizarre event. So it was for unlimited ticket holders only. They gave you a free bottle of pop on the way in. Okay, I'm happy with that. Ooh. What pop was it? Uh, Pepsi. So obviously I had too much and they were mm. trying to get rid of it. Uh, Cafe Rouge where they were giving away free samples of food. But like, at the moment they announced it, everybody bombarded over there. It was kind of like, this is not organised. <laughs> but oh my God, like when you've, uh, when you've had a couple of glasses of wine, they're freaks with mayonnaise, man. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get that. Chips with mayonnaise anywhere, yeah, anytime, like, any it, place. Uh, yeah. And... Um, there was a, then there was a raffle which Stacey actually won uh, a free Nando's meal on it damn it were you, were, you, were you annoyed were you <laughs> I am now um, Guy would like to be sponsored by Nando's if Nando's <laughs> would like to send us Nando's food just let us know or San Pellegrino we've still got that yes. one we still want that um, Nando's San Pellegrino combination yes that's with Cafe going. Rouge frites with mayonnaise oh, Nando, Nando's chicken San Pellegrino Cafe Rouge chips <laughs> So uh, they, the guy doing it was the, I think, the manager of the cinema, and he. Uh, I mean, to be honest with you, I hope, hope, hope he doesn't listen to this show. But if you do, I'm really sorry, but you reminded me of a combination of Ken Dodd and Frank Spencer. Oh wow! <laughs> that, that, they are two deep cut seventies references. You are dating yourself there. Uh, it was, and the raffle was really badly organised. They got all the numbers mixed up, and it was just like just show the film already. And uh, anyway, the, we got to the film coming on, a couple of trailers. I thought it was going to be Mamma Mia, and I was like, I hope not. But they showed that trailer, so we dodged that bullet. I was really hoping it was going to be Tag, because I really want to see that film. But uh, no, I see that film, but not pay for the film. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah, of course. It's, one of the, it's a Blu-ray purchase or a streaming kind it's of a, film. It's a Netflix film. Yeah. It's, it's, got, yeah. it's got John Hamm on it. I need to see John Hamm in as much widescreen detail as possible. The gorgeousness that he is. All right. I, I, I love John Hamm. Um... <laughs> Anyway, um, so the title card comes up, you know, for like the film and yes. the certificate, and then it's like Incredibles too, and then he's in the cinema, it's like, yes, oh my god, oh my god, and then you just hear, ugh, <laughs> from me. you, like I did not want to see the Incredibles too. I hated the first one; it was utter trash. What? It's not funny. It's not cool. It's not awesome. And I don't understand. I don't like watching a film when a man ha- man has like literally too many triangles on his face. It was creepy. And also, the animation on Samuel L. Jackson's Frozone looks like a, like a PC game I was playing back in 1996. It's really bad. I, I kept the same kind of animation style. Yeah. Here's the thing, mate. That's it. Because obviously, Incredibles came out when like animation technology was... That's the was chair, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, um, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, so it came out when the, when the animation technology obviously wasn't what it is today. Um, so they have to try and like retain the look of the characters, but then like enhance them so it doesn't look as mm. as dated. Yeah. Um, but also, it's like I was listening to um, Pop Culture Happy Hour, the NPR podcast, and um, Glenn Weldon, who's their like film and comics correspondent, was saying like, I, I, it was something I completely forgot. But Incredibles came out before the MCU started. Yeah. Yep. So it, I feel like maybe what the problem now is we had that glorious pastiche of superhero films twenty years ago. 
and now it's like actually we've all got superhero film fatigue but the problem yes. I find with Pixar when they come back to do sequels is they leave it way too long so if I'm you look sorry. at Finding Dory yeah, and how, how long was the gap in that? No one was asking for Finding Dory. No. I think people have been wanting Incredibles too, though. Yeah, I mean, Incredibles. But they wanted it like fifteen years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. thanks for asking it's too for it. And again, Toy Story four. Does anybody want a Toy Story four? Toy Story three. They're making Toy Story four. Yeah, yeah. But Toy Story three bookended that very nicely. Was, the trilogy was a, was a perfect ending. It was a perfect ending. Yeah, um, and they and they've done like digital shorts since then. Yeah. But it's just, I mean, it's Disney, isn't it? It's Disney, Pixar, it's like... Well, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes post-Last Terrera. So, the second funny thing that happened to me... Well, that wasn't really funny, that was just an insurance test. But the funny thing that happened to me this week is uh, I ordered my shopping by Tesco.com and uh, I got a shopping delivery order the day of the first England game versus Tunisia. Anyway, this young lad comes to the door and he's like talking to me as they do, you know, they're quite friendly. And he's like, oh, do you know the score? And I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was just like, oh, thank God for that. I turned up at someone else's house and uh, I saw who was watching football. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's good that it's 1-1, isn't it? And apparently the guys had a go at him because they re- were re-watching the Germany game from two days before, waiting for their friends to come over and he ruined the England oh. scoreboard. And then they had the audacity to ring up his manager at Tesco to make a complaint about him. But say, like, well, that Really well, out of order. Okay. okay, here's an interesting question. Right, spoilers are, do not exist for live sport. But also, <laughs> yes. yeah, are spoilers a sort of you know disciplinary offence? I don't oh. think so. Not for football. It's like if you're not I watching, mean, yeah, it's for yeah, a live. This is a leading question because the answer is no. Yeah, <laughs> basically for live sporting events, no. Yeah. I mean, there like, is no, there's no rule. It's on every single bit of like social media. The, the spoilers for what happened on Corrie three nights ago. Yeah. But talking about the World Cup, I did have a great thread where I went up and made up words for every single one of the World Cup hashtag matches in the style of meaning of lift from Douglas Adam and John Lloyd. Check that out on the Geeky Premier Twitter. Nice little subtle plug <laughs> there for our... Uh, if you want to have like an omni-channel experience, check out yeah. our Twitter while you're listening, guys. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel that, like, if you're... I mean, I'm not a big football fan, but I, I'll happily watch an England game in the World Cup and stuff like that. But like, yeah, if you're not watching it live, that's your fault if yeah. you find out, you know, because everybody else in the country is watching that. So, you know, it's uh, that's a good point. Out, Ryan's just pointed out there's a man on telly who's wearing a massive bow tie, a shirt, and a red jumper. That don't look right. The the bow tie is over it. the jumper. I'm not it. sure about over I mean, the jumper. I mean, that's brave for a football pundit to be doing that. Yes. If you ask me, so they all dress like they shop at Giacomo.com. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Burton's man. I was all Burton was going to be my second guess. Yeah. <laughs> they all dress like centrist dads. I saw this. Uh, this is great meme. The Red Nap and Co. <laughs> this is great meme. The other day there was a uh, there was a football pundit and he kept touching Roy Keane during like the punditry uh, bit and like he just looked like I, he was about to kill it. I saw that clip and he was like, um, Roy Keane basically looks like the sober guy at the party who's had enough of his drunk mates. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think what it is with Roy Keane is because he was such a bad boy of football at the time and now he's got to act like the responsible dad and you can see and he like, hates it internally. But also he's like, oh my God, you guys think you're crazy? He's like, like internally screaming <laughs> constantly. <laughs> oh, I hate this job because I have to pretend to be nice. How was your week, Ryan, to wrap us up for this? I went back to a blogging event. Oh my God, he's back on the scene. He's back on the scene, people. I, I, I was asked multiple times on the night, it's like, are you back now? It's like a celebrity. Did you feel love? <laughs> yes, it was. That's like when Beyonce <laughs> drops a new album out of the blue, and they're like, "Oh my god, Ryan's here!" <laughs> <laughs> it was. Oh, but he's bought Jay Z. 
<laughs> that was my Dave Massey bit. <laughs> Dave Matty in tow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right here. And Dave. I'm picturing now you stood in like full Beyonce like gold gown realness <laughs> and then Matty in his tuxedo jacket that he always wears. Oh my god, I totally want to see like a lit video of uh, Matty and Ryan and, and you were Solange in the lift. <laughs> The thing that always gets me with Jay Z, he doesn't actually sing on any of Beyonce's records. Oh, he's oh, like, all oh, you hear is a. Oh. Oh. And that's, that's him done. That's a good impression of Jay Z, though. That is just him done. You know what it's oh. like? It's like when your friend from uni gets married and then insists on bringing their husband to every event. Yeah. Even though you don't really know them and you don't really know I've them. actually worked out what it is because they get paid royalties <coughs> per writer, per performer. Oh, so they collaborate on everything. So they collaborate on everything. Double buy at the cherry. But I went back to a food event. It was quite nice. It was nice to be back. Launch of Carmel Food Festival, which I is feel an like amazing a song event. There breaking out. It's good to yeah. be back. If you are in Birmingham, Carmel Food Festival, July seventh, sixth and seventh this year. Go down. It's great I can't food. Wait. Can I can I come with you now to food? As I proved myself as, at Harvey Nicks that I could as be it, good. As it is a public event, you are more than welcome to come. I would just want to <laughs> associate with you. <laughs> I would just be stood over the other side of the food. I'd be like the Nicki Minaj, wouldn't I? You'd be like the Kanye. Oh, God. No, I'm not having that. I'm not having that. That's a low blow. That's a low blow. Everybody used to really like you, but now you're kind of off to the side. You're just like aggressive. You need to be aggressive and and slightly crazy. (laughs) Anyway, time to move on. Some of our favourite shows are finishing very soon, such as Westworld. But that does mean it's time for summer TV preview. So we're going to pick a few shows that we're looking forward to over the summer slash autumn season. I feel like, because Keith hasn't got here yet, so we need to know I didn't for this. Phil, you're on the spot. Summer, summer, summer TV. <laughs> Actually, I need to do a Jay-Z. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Phil, what are you looking forward to this summer season okay so um, it's currently airing in the US and I'm really well actually I'm going to talk about two shows but both airing in the US at the moment we don't have UK air dates but I'm really hoping they air over the summer first of which is Ryan Murphy's Pose um, which is a before we go any further I've lost track of how many shows Ryan Murphy's doing at the minute how many things between between Ryan Murphy and Shonda Rhimes they make all the TV so it's American Horror Story American Crime Story which we've just had the the Johnny Versace feud which was Bette Midler and popular uh, Jessica Lange Jessica Lange popular or popular actually was so good yeah yeah yeah, so Pose is a drama series set um, on the underground Harlem ballroom scene of the 80s so it's um most famously documented in the film Paris is Burning. Um, so it's where a lot of um, drag lingo comes from. Um, if you've ever seen RuPaul's Drag Race, they kind mm-hmm. of they, they pay homage to that a lot. Yeah. So it's, it's based on um, some real-life real, real life characters and real-life drag houses. Um, and it's about the sort of lives of gay and trans uh, people of colour in New York in the 80s. Um, it looks like one of the most like expensive, just colourful like extravagant TV productions that we've seen in quite a while and it's got the largest LGBTQ cast of any TV show ever 
I genuinely thought it was called Posse. <laughs> like, when you said Pose, I was thinking, like, is that what it's called? Know, yeah. like, no, it like, make, no, it makes perfect sense that it's called Pose. I mean, it could be, honestly, you could call it Posse and it'd be the same because it's yeah. about, like, you know, sort of, you know, drag houses. Um, so that's it. I'm really, really excited to see that. It's been, one of the writers is Janet Mock, who's this incredible um, American trans writer. So, yeah, that's, that's one. Um, also, it's been airing on BBC America, but we don't have an air date yet. Killing Eve. Oh, you've been on about this for a few so weeks now. It's, it was created and written by Phoebe Waller-Bridge of nice. The Back Fame. Uh, it stars Sandra... L337 now as well. Yeah. Uh, it stars Sandra O oh, um, as... Uh, I think she works for the FBI, and basically she's on the trail of this um, female assassin, and it's about the sort of, like, intense kind of uh, antagonistic relationship that they have. Uh, and it, it's the kind of story that you've seen play out in film and TV a lot, but normally it's two male characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, everything I'm hearing from my American friends is that it's incredible. So I just really need it to come to the UK before I get any of the details spoiled. Um, and yeah, so that's the two shows I'm most looking forward to. Um, there is no excuse in this day and age now to delay the screening of stuff. Just release them simultaneously. Yeah. Or like, not, do, do what they it's not like you've got to wait for the videotapes to ship over like <laughs> back in the days of Twin oh Peaks. Oh my god, yeah. But yeah, it's like, it's like, um, like HBO, you know, um, Sky Atlantic will air HBO shows the day after they yeah. air in the States because they don't want spoilers. You know, Netflix will show like Star Trek Discovery the day after it airs in the States because they know that there's an appetite for it. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand why all the networks don't have this as like a normal practice now. Well, I think it's partnerships, which is where they're really struggling at the moment, because Netflix has probably got the infrastructure to get something up straight away. But if it's Ooh, like on yeah. BBC, BBC always seems to take their sweet time to show stuff. I know, and it's just so frustrating. I mean, it's like Atlanta has taken forever to get over here. Oh, but it's, it's, so like, and it's like they've had two seasons in the States, and we're just yeah. getting season one now. So I, like, so I watched the pilot of that. Give it, give it more it's time. It's weird AF, but I'm into it. Give it more because yeah. it gets weird. Season two actually just started on FX the other day, I think. So keep your eye out for that. Get on that because it's equally as good. Yep. Guy, what have you selected? Uh, I've gone for Sharp Objects, which is uh, Ooh, HBO's yes. uh, Westworld replacement. Um, I'd say it was a book. Gillian Flynn wrote Gone Girl. Gil- Gillian Flynn. Gillian. Yeah. And it, you've got what's of Amy, Amy Adams. Adams. Amy Adams. And isn't it? Uh, is it Patricia Clarkson? Yeah. Well? Yeah. 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 Um, this is this is going to be like. True Detective 2.5 in the lead up to the next True Detective, which I'm still excited about. I'm, well, I'm still they've gone, they flip back to True Detective season one and they've completely ignored True Detective season two. For which this they season shouldn't three. because it was good. I liked series two. I stand by it. I, I still haven't seen they it. Had and one. It, feels like, it feels like True Detective season two came out like five years ago. It did. It did. <laughs> yeah. And there was long one long. amazing long cut and it was like the first big long cut in TV when that they was had season that. One. No, that was season two when they had the street battle. There was like a big long yeah. cut and it was an absolute amazing bit of cinematography. Oh, because they did a similar one in season one as well with Matthew McConaughey. But anyway, sorry. So, Sharp Objects. I, it's the only one of the novels I haven't read and I'm really looking forward to this series. I think it'll be good. It's uh, about a murder of two girls. I won't give too much away because, well, I don't know much more than that. But I think, um, I think it'd be good. I think it'd be good summer watching. Amy Adams is like a crime reporter going back to her hometown. It's sort of like a few crime fiction, like, cliches, but with a twist. I, I just... Uh, it's it's, it's going to be great. They've ploughed money into it. Like yeah. it's going to be like really high production values. It's going to be some great acting, some great writing, presumably some like you know real like WTF moments. So yeah, I'm into that. Uh, a couple of others, a couple of sitcoms from me. Um, obviously, we all know Arrested Development's back on Netflix after all the controversy. Controversy aside, and the recut season four. If you hated the original version of season four, season five has is actually all right. The, they've got everybody strong together. praise <laughs> no, it's, it's alright it's, it's a bit return to form uh, it takes a slow start obviously 
put the controversy aside and just try and enjoy it for what it's worth. Um, you know, there was a bit of nostalgia there. I mean, even a bad episode of Arrested Development is a lot better than a lot of the sitcoms on TV these days, so... Kevin can wait. <laughs> <laughs> and the second one I'm going for, it hasn't made it, it... I might have been on Comedy Central, I'm not sure, but it's a show called Detroiters. It's about a couple of guys who are just continually making money-making schemes in Detroit. But it's got uh, Sam Anderson, who plays Richard Splett in Veep, who is like some kind of one of the best characters on the show. Yeah, uh, kind of being a bit like Richard Splett again. So that, that was quite. It, Veep is one of my favourite shows from the last decade that came out. I mean, Armando Iannucci is always perfect when he writes anything. Yeah, because it pretty much it just is exactly what's happening in real life with a bit of comedy twist. Exactly. But Veep has. I, I really enjoyed Veep. So if you like if you like sort of like Broad City or some of the other Comedy Central comedies like Workaholics and stuff, this is kind of like going to be up the street. It's silly, mm. it's fun, it's easy to watch. Twenty minutes, yeah, seek it out. But um, also, Drunk History US, I think, is back again soon. It is, Ryan. Uh, the date here is Tuesday, the nineteenth of June. If you've never watched Drunk History, it is one of the best half an hour of TV to unwind to. Basically, they get a celebrity, they get them drunk out their face, and then they have to recount a tale from history. I mean, that's, with other actors acting it out that's yeah, gonna as be the ha- way they describe it. That's going to have to feel right eventually when the show gets bigger. They'll be like, <laughs> there, like "This guy that. likes booze." I can be that. I can see that being a segment. But it is a brilliant, brilliant bit of TV. So do it you to go and watch it if you've not seen any of that I'm going to move over to the streaming services so Amazon Prime this was teamed at New York Comic Con 2017 Jim from The Office <laughs> is now in his new superhero action-y kind of role he's going to be the next Jack Ryan I'm sorry but like I'm looking at that picture you're showing me that he still just looks like Jim from The Office yeah but like he has like he's he, shaved the beard off he, which is like when he had the beard it was a bit mm, I can see him being an action star when he had the beard in a quiet place it's like oh okay like Jim from The Office is a daddy now I'm in yes. and now I'm out again at least I suppose he can pull off changing the role like how Jim from The Office did but Tim from The Office is always Martin Freeman. No matter what role he he's in, he's always Martin Freeman with his little <laughs> Martin Freeman face that he pulls. Look, this is the thing with the Jack Ryan character. So we've had Harrison Ford, we've had Ben Affleck, we've had Alec Baldwin, and we've had Chris Pine play this character before. So how is he going to put his stamp on this? I mean, who's next, Callan Danes? <laughs> <laughs> I think he needs to hit the gym a few more times before that. But, um, yeah, it's going to be usual terrorist soul plot. Uh, it's, it's, it's that kind of thing. I mean, Amazon are throwing... A lot of money at this. A lot of money. So I'm assuming it's going to be pretty much miniature movies every week. But it's going to be interesting to see how they take it. Uh, the other bit of news, which I know they're not going to come out anytime soon, but Expanse has been picked up by Amazon Prime. Yes! I'm and so Lucifer happy. Right, has been right. picked up by Netflix. So, so this this creates a real big issue in the UK because in the US it's fine because they're on separate streaming services. They're not really on streaming services at all in the US. Over here, Netflix has currently got the contract for the first three seasons of The Expanse and they're sharing that on Netflix at the minute. Mm. And the first three seasons of Lucifer are on Amazon Prime for streaming in the UK. Oh, yeah. Because Lucifer was a Fox show. Which was it, sold to It Amazon. got cancelled the same time as Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah. Um... Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm thinking, are they just going to do swapsies here? Just like I'll give you expats, you give me. I mean, that, I mean, it would make sense, and that would be great. But I can't imagine it being that simple. No, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. Yeah. Shall Anything you, else in the schedule? That should I give you a quick rundown of what else we've got coming up? So yep. uh, you've got um, Luke Cage is coming back on. It should be back by now, 22nd of June. AKA the Colleen Wing and Mister Night Show. Yes. 
that's how, how I want it to be. That's how, that's how I want it to be. I just want it to be those two characters with a little bit of Alfred Woodard. Yep. Measure. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt's already back, but that's in its fourth and final season, so that's going to wrap up the story. It's time for that to end. Yeah, it's time yeah. for that uh, to end. Preacher season three will be back on TV by the time you've heard this, and also Glow season two is on Netflix. Oh, I can't wait for that. Doctor Who also returns early autumn <gasps> with Jodie Whittaker. Oh, see, it feels, I mean, well, it's been a year almost, yeah. hasn't it, since we had the Jodie Whittaker announcement. Yeah. I mean, so. uh, a few other things which not really got time to talk about. Uh, this time with Alan Partridge. Alan Partridge is back at the BBC. Oh, okay. But it's on Sky, weirdly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be interesting. Oh, sorry, no, it's airing on the BBC now after he's moved to Sky. So he's back on the BBC with Alan Partridge. So that's going to be interesting to see what that happens. Castle Rock. I'm very curious about this. So mm. it's the Stephen King sort of a mishmash show. They've got characters and location well it's all set in like his fictional town of Castle Rock they've got Shawshank Prison in there they have Sissy Spacek playing a new character they have Billy Skarsgård who was the yeah. Pennywise from the new It movie playing a different character yeah. so it's like the Stephen King cinematic universe which should be interesting yeah uh, one more that I've got here to pick up is the first so this is Hulu in the States uh, it's written by Bo Williams, Will, Williamson. I can never get that right. He did Netflix's House of Cards series, but oh, yeah. this is a space set drama series. So it's going to be a group of astronauts on the inaugural manned mission to Mars. I mean, it's a story that's been done time and time again. That sounds a bit dull, trust me. But um, I mean, this guy's got previous House of Cards was one of the biggest series of all time when it came out. Yeah, he'll he'll bring something beyond that kind of very basic plot. But I'd he's imagine. still not kept away from controversial lead characters because he's brought Sean Penn in for this one oh. but it's a Channel 4 co-production so it's going to be and it's going to be like oh yeah. let's all like give money to the guy who abuses people <laughs> yeah well, well, i got three here um, Better Call Saul is back you know, don't call Saul just call Saul and get it cancelled just re-watch me. Breaking Bad yeah just get it cancelled um, and also a couple of comedies back to HBO Ball of season 4 and I'm really surprised this is, is that, still going is that you the one with is, The Rock this is going on the fact that everybody likes The Rock right yeah. and everybody just wants to see The Rock on TV I mean The Rock yeah. is one of the biggest bankable stars now he's like the new Samuel L. Jackson it's who put The Rock in it it'll make money of course yeah it's like Arnie in the 90s yeah Yeah. and uh, Insecure season 3 that's like a bit of a sleep hit similar vein to Atlanta I I have heard so many good things about this and Issa Rae is so smart and so funny and I just want good things for her and, and everyone in the cast is stunning yeah. season 3 it's you know it's getting big so they're back in August apparently so Phil you're going to have to run off now so I have Fairly to run well. yeah sorry Thank yeah. you, as always. I think I see him fading into Keith Bloomfield. <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, that's more of an allure to me. <laughs> it's, it's like a regeneration, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I'm happy with this transformation. <laughs> but um, if you miss any of the shows, apologies. Tweet us at Geekybrimmy to shout at us and say, oh, you missed the show, and we'll try and cover it again soon. Hello, Mr. Bloomfield. Hello. I've missed you. It's, it's good to know you missed me. Yes, and Phil's had to disappear, so we've kind of swapped our gingers out this week. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're so uh, interchangeable. Yeah, so on our summer preview, we've covered off TV already, but now we're moving on to films. Uh, kicking us off, come out yesterday, Sicuro Day of the Soldado, 
or Sicaro 2 that's been known in the UK <laughs> I'm just waiting to say Sicaro 2 Electric Boogaloo like every other second film has to be it's like his run box standard joke isn't it yeah, yeah. It's it's gotta be the same. I heard him say it the other day when we were out like to somebody like I was in the background and I was like I know that joke it's a great joke it's a solid looking movie the third I mean the first one was quite entertaining a little bit kind of out of left field I've and not actually people. seen the first one because it felt like it was one of those just generic war films that weren't really overly interesting to me. Yeah, I think it didn't market itself particularly well. But I think they've been pushing this one a lot more um, because of the, the, the change of cast. So they've got um, Benicio Del Toro and Josh Brolin in this one. So there's a bit more... Go away, Josh Brolin. You've been in enough this year already. <laughs> I don't mind a, a bit of extra Josh Brolin. He's, he's a solid enough actor. He's, he's just got a career back from nowhere out of... Out of anything, he's just like back from the back from the dead. My movie career here, <laughs> but I think this is the kind of film that services his kind of style of you know very gruff, solid um, kind of manly man. If I can paraphrase uh, <laughs> some muppets there, yeah. yeah, I think it looks it looks all right. I think um, I don't know whether it will find its audience at the cinemas. Mm. I, think, I, think I mean, it's a bit of an odd release date for a film like this. I mean, it's not really that summer blockbustery feel to it. Yeah, I think it's a bit more kind of win- you know autumn winter kind of uh, in the cinema, mm-hmm. uh, hiding from the, the elements. But yeah, I don't, know, I, don't th- I don't think you'll do particularly well at the, at the, the box office, um, particularly if people are kind of going. I didn't even see the first one. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know what kind of buy-in there is from the previous film. I mean, from the trailer, do you think we need to have watched the first one? Because it seems um, to be a continuation of the first one's story. I don't, I, don't think, I don't think you need to have seen it. I think there's enough difference um, that you, you, you know, be able to pick it up quite simply, really. Because there's, no, there's not, not an awful lot of carryover instantly with kind of cast members and stuff. Guy, have you watched the original Sikora? No. Are you going to watch Sikora too? No. Next film then. <laughs> so, coming out on the 6th of July, Uncle Drew, which is pretty much dodgeball, but with a basketball theme to it. Starring Shaq Attack, Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. And loads of other people. I can't remember it, apart from JB Smoove, who is amazing in Kobe Enthusiasm, if you watched the last few seasons of that. What did you think, Keith? I... I, I... So I've seen some posters for this before I even saw the trailer and it's kind of like okay this looks okay you know I think it's it's hard to be a good comedy these days um, they either have to be extremely crass or extremely funny and we don't get enough of the extremely funny ones and I think this is going to sit in a little bit in the middle ground a little yeah. bit um, but you know you've got Shaquille O'Neal in old age makeup what else could you want it, it's, it's, it's like not even needed really yeah. well like you said it's dodgeball meets space jam it's like, I'm on board, this is kind of cool. Yeah, so it's uh, basically a collection of retired basketball players brought back together to <laughs> play in a local tournament, is what kind of feel is what I'm yeah, I think it, I think it's going to be sassy, and it's yeah. going to be, uh, can, I, can I say the word, ballsy on the, on yeah. the radio? Yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be one of those kind of, you know, slightly... It's going to be basketball Yeah, Yeah, I think it's going to be, um, it's, it's, it's balls maids, yes. uh, if you're going to find another name for it. It looks okay. I quite, I quite, I thought it looked quite funny. Guy, um, I mean, this this feels like it could be your sort of comedy. Uh, it feels like this should start Martin Lawrence. <laughs> um, well, maybe. Well, he's doing Bad Boys Three with Will Smith, so he's a bit busy Ooh. at the moment, isn't he? Well, why you mentioned Patrick starring um, Jennifer Saunders' daughter? 
about oh. Pog. There's no one in the trailer. It's like no, I'm going, we're not going there because you, I remember a few weeks ago you were all over show dogs, so that just sets the bar <laughs> for your critical levels. I'm afraid. Well, so I've not actually heard about Patrick. So BT Edmondson is that Aid Edmondson's dog? I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Ed Screen, Tom Bennett, Emily Attack, Jennifer Saunders, and. What is this? Explain this movie to me. It's about some woman who gets a dog, uh, a pug, and she like probably falls in love. It's probably like a, a, a rubbish about a boy, <laughs> but about it, a pug. It doesn't sound like Turner and Hooch. So yeah. I'm all, I'm all, I've already checked right. it out. From IMDb's description, Sarah is a young woman whose life is in a bit of a mess. Cool. The last thing she needs now is somebody else to look after. Yet, like it or not, her grandmother has bequeathed her a very spoiled pug, Patrick. Surely she must have had her reasons. Oh, you can see where this story's going to go. <laughs> I mean, like, she looks like she's suffering a migraine on the front of the poster. Yeah, it's not a great poster. It's a typical British movie slapped together in Photoshop deal. I think, I think I'm think i probably going to pass on that and also not wait for it to come to Netflix. Moving swiftly along, 12th of July. It's another rock vehicle. It's Skyscraper with the world's most impossible jump. The Rock gets annoyed in Die Hard. Yeah. It does look a little like Die Hard. <laughs> a little Just like a Die little. Hard? Just a little. It's basically what uh, what would have happened if John McClane only had one leg and was The Rock. <laughs> 14 <laughs> times bigger than he is, yeah. It's kind of the mind-numbing trash that I would have watched religiously when I was 16, 17 in the, in the mid-80s. Um, I'm not quite sure... It's going to play as well, just because I don't think the charm is there now because of the um, effects. But it's going to be a lot of effects-driven stuff, so the yeah. jeopardy is going to be a little bit kind of overwrought. Everything's going to be on fire with da- thousands of feet above ground. Again, this feels like it should be a Christmassy kind of movie. It's one of those that you'll see on a bank holiday weekend for eternity on ITV4. No or films get played on bank holiday weekends anymore, Ryan. You should know that. Yeah, there's no, there's no. I'm not saying just, that. Just car share. I was watching Meteor on <laughs> or sci- top, sci-fi. Top night. Gear. <laughs> it's nothing like a good disaster movie. Yeah, um, it's one of those that will be repeated on one channel ad infinitum for the rest of the time because it's got the rock attached to it. Uh, guy, you pulled out the next one. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a film I saw a trailer for recently called Hotel Artemis. Uh, I don't know much about this apart from it's like a, like people do crime and then they go to a hotel uh, when they've done crime. And then they get patched up by Jodie Foster, who's like a nurse who deals with like people who've been doing crime. It, it's, I quite like. I saw the poster before I saw the trailer, and I kind of liked the poster. So it looked pretty cool. Jodie Foster, Stanley K. Brown, Sophia Botella, Jeff Goldblum. That's why you like it. Jeff Goldblum doing crime. <laughs> yes. Zachary Quinto, Charlie Day, Dave Batista, Father John Misty. I know. And Paperboy from Atlanta. Yes. Paperboy. Paperboy. So, got, interesting mix. It's got cult hit written all over it. I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm, kind of I'm feeling a bit John Wicky with this kind of movie. I feel like it could be in the John Wick shared universe. It's action driven. Yeah. I think it's going to be a little bit more odd, uh, eclectic, but it, look, it looks okay. I, again, it's kind of it's a weird time to release in this kind of movie. Yeah. It doesn't seem like the kind of summer summer film. But yeah. We shall see. Now, here is a summer movie Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah. This is your summer blockbuster for the year, pretty much. Well, I mean, I've been impressed with the trailers that we've had so far. It kind of plays up the whole action it seems uh, to be, side of it. seems to be 
turning back towards the original film a little bit more something's gone wrong IMF's in trouble what's Ethan Hawke going to do to save everybody IMF's always in trouble I think I think it's it's, it's playing out as the third part of the trilogy that, that started from Ghost Protocol I think yeah. that, those, they, these three films are playing out as one bigger overarching story Yeah. And I think this is the payoff the fallout of all those stories <laughs> as they say um yeah, I mean, you know, it's value. You know what you're getting. You're getting the Crewster. You're getting you getting Simon Pegg. You're getting um, Ving Rhames' hat with Ving Rhames attached, and uh, I think it's going to be good. Uh, yeah, it looks all right. And I, I mean, Ving Rhames does know how to wear a hat at a Georgie angle. He does know how to wear a hat. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he could play a, a role without a hat now. Um, yeah, I kind of like the way they use Imagine Dragons in the trailer. That's kind of cool. He also has a breakout star of the summer, Henry Cavill's moustache. And he's is he the bad guy in this? Because I, I haven't so. really explained well, it. Uh, well. Yeah, I think I think he's going to be the counterpoint to Ethan, so he's going to be going after him. But I'm sure at some point towards the end they'll realise yeah. that they both have the um, the same goal. Same goal. And are they going to scream Martha at each other at some point? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you I do like the bit where it looks like he cocks his arms though in the in the in the fight. Where he like he's yeah. loading his arms up. When he does that kind of crazy yeah. thing with his, his arms, that looks pretty. And awesome. you got Eric Baldwin, uh, <laughs> the paper bag, paper bag kid from um, American Beauty, isn't it? In an undisclosed role. Mm-hmm. Undisclosed role. Are you reading that off IMDb? Uh, there's no name next to him. So yeah. it's but you have kid. got Casper Philipson as the European. I don't know if that's a code name or just Do you remember a generic, he's a European guy. Do you remember when Sawyer that, from Lost was in it? Yeah. Is that because of um, Brexit? They couldn't kind of um, narrow it down, they just had to call it <laughs> random European. Yeah, I mean, this the franchise has been going on for so long now. I mean, yeah. this is the sixth film over nearly 20 years of Mission Impossible. And it's also the first time Christopher McQuarrie's gone back to do a... Yeah. second sequel a sequel to one of his films so that should be quite interesting it will be interesting to watch I'd, I'd say uh, next one along why are we waiting so long for this Ant-Man and the Wasp because yeah. people are kicking pigskin around the field just put it in the cinema people who don't want to watch the pigskin stuff we'll go to the cinema and watch it's only two hours I'm sure Ant-Man there'll be a the day wasp. where there aren't, there aren't people playing football yes I mean like we'll when, go. when England are out which they probably are by now yeah. um, you know uh, Ant-Man is one of my favourite Marvel movies it had the right mix of action and comedy to me brilliant choice of Scott Lang with Paul Rudd Um, brilliant casting of Mr Hank Pym himself as well I mean this is a solid film and I just want more I think it was was a great setup for the Ant-Man character and we've only had like tiny little tastes of him in Civil War and Infinity War I just want proper Bring Ant-Man back it's in. A, it's a good cast. We're getting uh, Michelle Pfeiffer joining uh, Michael Douglas's uh, original Wasp. Original Wasp. We've got Lawrence Fishburne as Goliath. It's like, yeah, this is going to be cool stuff. Yeah. I, right. I, I want to say, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a bit gutted that we're having to wait for it. But I think the difficulty I've got with waiting for it is it's not like waiting for it in 1987, where you'd have had to buy a speciality mag from your local comic shop to find <laughs> out what was in it. Whereas now, the day after it's been released in America, there's going to be spoilers and gifts and pictures and everything over every website. There's going to be clickbait on every website of this, that, and the other. It's going to be hard yeah. to avoid for a month. Well, that's coming out on the 3rd of August over here, which is going to be cause you an issue in the cinema when you're going to buy your ticket, Keith, because Teen Titans go to the movies out on the same day. 
You see, I had I had a thing that you can always tell when a film's going to be bad because it has the movie attached to the title. Mm-hmm. But this this one could be the one that books that trend because it looks amazing. I'd probably be the only person in the cinema. I mean, this is really a pretty much a. Um, it seems to be riffing off the fourth wall breaking that Teen Titans Ghost does quite yeah. a lot. I mean, it's like basically the kid version of Deadpool is the way they're pitching Teen Titans nowadays. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the regular TV show because it is a little slight and a little too comedic. Um, but the, this, this film version looks like it's going to be taking the mickey out of everything superhero. So mm-hmm. it, could be, it, could be, it could be a winner. Yeah. Could be good. Could be really good. And one that I've not... One, 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 to wrap us up. Uh, the Spy Who Dumped Me. 22nd of August UK release I've not heard anything about this until checking IMDB's WhatsApp note pages I'm sold on this but it's Audrey and Morgan are best friends who unwittingly become entangled in an international conspiracy when the woman discovers her boyfriend who dumped her was actually a spy but wait for you to hear this cast Myla Kunis as Audrey Kate McKinnon as Morgan I'm in it I'm on it I'm on it Justin Theroux uncredited role Gillian Anderson uncredited role we're getting a solid cast here. I, I Kate McKinnon's in it. It's going to be good. It, I mean, it's it, usually Aubrey Plaza, which seems to be like Myla Kunis's other half yeah. in the movies at the it, minute. It, it, it sounds a little like a Saturday Night Live sketch extended out into a film. So, could it be? Could it, is it going to be Ghostbusters good, or is it going to be um, something else not as good? Well, it's been written and directed by Susanna Fogel. Oh yeah, her. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, Susanna. <laughs> Which I've not heard anything about, but apparently she was a writer on a show called Chasing Life. Um, <laughs> that's about it from a CV. So. Well, you know, everybody's going to be a first-time screenwriter. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, I mean, it could be. It could be good. It could yeah. be terrible. Just go watch it and then complain about it on the internet afterwards. Go to cinema. Kate it. McKinnon's in it, and if you don't like that, go and watch her like. Kellyanne Conway Pennywise impression instead go and watch The Meg <laughs> if you're going to be not hating Love on the State yeah if you, don't, if you don't like any of those films just go and rent Mother or Ghostbusters on DVD <laughs> and entertain yourself right. <laughs> that's wow. a double bill and a half that is from the, can't even go to Blockbuster anymore to pick those two <laughs> so next weekend is Small Press Day 2018 July the 7th so, there's a few events going on in the West Midlands, so we thought we'd give you a bit of an intro to them. Keith, Mustafa and Comics, I believe the lovely Joe Koretch is uh, sorting things out for them. So, yeah, so Joe's uh, inviting quite a, a, a good list of uh, local creators down to Nostalgia and Comics, so you can meet, talk to them about their uh, various small press publishing. Um, a lot of people that we've met before, Stephen D. Cook from the GBs, who we've met on multiple occasions. Um, Matt so Garvey. Matt. Matt. Garvey. No, don't get started on It's fine because we haven't heard from Elmo in a long time. <laughs> all right, I'm not going to get mixed up. Yeah, so Matt Garvey's going to be there. Sammy Boras is going to be there. Uh, Angus Medford is going to be there, who'd worked previously with Joe on uh, Blood, the comic that they put together themselves. Uh, Russell Hillman, Reese Finlay, who we met. Yeah, at, he's just um, finished doing a run of top Star Wars cards. Yeah, I, I saw that he published on Instagram or something one that he'd done of uh, Donald Glover as yeah, um, Lando. Lando Calrissian, which looked pretty good. 
Uh, Jack Devereaux and Tom Guilfoyle will be there as well. Um, Sarah Gordon, who we've met on a number of occasions before. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a pretty good list, and I think it's going to be scheduled throughout the day, so not everybody's going to be there yeah. in one go. People so are going to be there across st- the day. They're starting at 10.30 a.m. and running right through till quarter past four, I think, so it's going to be a rotating panel yeah. across the day. I think um, as we get closer to the date, the timetable for the day will go through, and that'll be the usual thing. There'll be, uh, I'm sure there'll be uh, comics-themed cakes of all descriptions that the wonderful staff there will be making and getting from various sources so for Dave will be hiding in the corner somewhere it's hiding in the corner eating all the cakes <laughs> <laughs> not really Dave I didn't say that um, yeah but it's a good it's a good uh, chance for you to kind of start to explore things outside of the big publishers uh, outside of Marvel City because it really is a vibrant and eclectic and interesting small uh, magazine small comic magazine uh, community out there and yeah. there is some interesting stuff and I mean we're lucky enough because we get to go to a lot of cons so we get to meet these people on a regular basis but if you're kind of not uh, a big con goer or whatever it is this is a great opportunity to go in meet some people browse through their books have a look at their art uh, have a look at um, the, the, the writers uh, I mean Matt's pr- pr- predominantly a writer um, rather than an artist but you, you can at least have a chat and they can tell you more about their stories and more about the background behind it uh, and I think it's a great opportunity to to um, get started on smaller press books. Um, I mean, yeah, that's the other thing with Nostalgia is even if you can't make it on small press day, still go down because they've got a great range of staff and they will pick out small press stuff which they think you'll enjoy if you give them the kind of comics that you like to do. Nostalgia have an amazing small press section which yeah. most of the funds go directly to the creators so it's a really great place to go up and they there is a nice little corner where it's full of small press some really interesting curious stuff that you will never find in any other big comic store or big franchise store yeah and a lot of it's a lot of it's local publishers lo- local artists as well um so it's, it's kind of i think it's good for us to support this and a lot of some of these publishers and, and stuff will start off on kickstarter and uh crowdfunding platforms and stuff but this is a good opportunity to get out to, to a shop and um and meet meet these artists and creators themselves but it's an event that's not just local to Birmingham so if you're in a different part of the country you will find that there are small press day events happening all over uh, the UK in various probably more likely independent comic shops or yeah. sm- smaller comic shops where um, it's, it's, it's in their interest to get kind of new new creators and new people in to kind of read interesting new books because they'll be all about all different things there'll be some that'll be historical there'll be some that'll be um Autobiographical. There'll be some that are kind of, um, you know, not. It's not going to be all superheroes and spandex. It's, there's going to be some interesting stuff. Some stuff will be, you know, musical based or whatever. So it's just just go and explore and find out a little bit more about um, what's going on in the world of comics. I mean, and we are blessed in Birmingham because we have two small press day events going on in the local in Birmingham, which is a change for us normally because it's usually nostalgia champing here. But they're joined this year by the Solid Gone. Uh, Birmingham Zine Comic DIY Art Fair that's at Centrana which is on Faisley Street that's running between midday and 6pm but it seems to be again a really great take on the small press day here I mean zines if you've not ever heard about it zines is personal press basically it's usually a couple of people getting together creating a magazine usually printed on a home printer and distributing it in that way it was a big thing well it's, it's taken it beyond the kind of story driven comic stuff which will be illustrated uh, these these are taking it into the kind of arena of more the kind of fanzine kind of stuff that 
um, you would have had published in the 60s and 70s where it's going to be there's going to be art there's going to be uh, photographs there's going to be stories there's going to be articles there's going to be all the kind of uh, these are the things and also the fact that it's DIY art so there's going to be a lot of um, interesting different art forms more illustrations posters um, kind of all, all of these kind of stuff that isn't just strictly story driven cartoons so it's good to kind of so if you're into kind of more that kind of um, magazine style type thing and, and you know, magazines these days are some, some of them are kind of a bit glossy and it's hard yeah. to find something for niche market so these are, some of these will be you know they might be packaged with cassettes or they might have kind of um, other bits and pieces with them and stuff as well so it's really worth going down there and finding out what other creative people in the area are doing I mean you do get to see some brilliant and said alternative art in these kind of events. It's not just your usual polished Marvel, Marvel or DC style here. It's, it's going to be more art. It's going to be more proper, proper more art. expressive art. Yeah. And, so. and um, just covering off the other, two other events, which are in the Midlands. So over at Forbidden Planet, Wolverhampton, they're running a little bit of small press day thing. Four guests confirmed so far. We've got Ryan Taylor, True Stories Comics, Kyle Wright, and the amazing Mr. Shane Chibsey, who also does Ice Birmingham, which you might be aware of. Yeah, go and hassle Shane in Wolverhampton. I'm yeah. sure we all appreciate it. But they're on from 9am till 5.30pm, so you could do all the three events in one day. It's possible to get from Wolverhampton to Nostalgia and Comics on one vehicle. Yes. You catch the metro, you can literally get off around the corner from both places. So you could do them both. Yes, and the other one is Kenilworth Bookstore are celebrating their 50th anniversary as well and they'll be introducing some small publishers independent press down for the day so cool, really cool and I think it's a great opportunity to just get beyond the kind of mainstream mm-hmm. and um, there's, there's great stuff out there and, and I think the small press has done a, a lot of good over the past few years um, just bringing all of these creative people to, to the masses and, and letting us find out more about them yeah, and any changes, updates will be at smallpressday.co.uk or on Twitter at smallpressday. So yeah, just just follow their Twitter. They're kind of pretty good at um, keeping you up to date on what's going on. Mr. Bloomfield, hello. I had to swallow then. Welcome to the Geeky Room Podcast. I wish I hadn't said I had to swallow then. <laughs> Didn't we quote that wrong? We can yeah. I'm going to clip that. Oh, yeah. that. That's going on the soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you come along to the podcast festival, you could get your own soundboard of me saying lots of inappropriate things. <laughs> what have you been up to this week? I've been very, very busy. Shocking. Very busy. Yeah, I, I've been a bit kind of. Um, I would. I wouldn't say overwhelmed, but I was. Um, Were you whelmed? I was whelmed. Yeah, I was quite busy. I, there was a few kind of um, personal projects that I wanted to get done, but um, I've not. Had, I've not had time. Um, so I haven't had a chance I've, I've got a stack of Blu-ray and, um, films that I've just I've got to get around to watching what kind of personal projects? Uh, editing some videos right. editing some photographs of bands not of anything else <laughs> <before> you <ask>. when <laughs> you say personal projects and Blu-rays and DVDs it leads you down a certain angle it's a good job Callan's not here this week I, I, haven't, I haven't a barbecue with a carrier bag in it in my back garden so. um, uh, no I've got I, I, I've bought um, Black Panther which I want to watch again and watch all the extras I've bought Coco I want to watch that I've bought Rocketeer lunch release I want to watch that the rock is here god that's going back yeah I was really good because it's not it got re-released I think it's it's 30th anniversary this year um, but it didn't come with any extras it came with a nice kind of um, slipcase type thing which was alright but um, I really love that I, I really like that kind of um, 
30s vibe that it's got going on. I kind of liked it. It's kind of it came out similar time to The Shadow. That's partly yeah. why I like Captain America: First Avenger because Joe Johnson was the director of both that and The Rocketeer. Um, it's so one it's really of the, good. talking of that. One of the things I always wish I'd picked up was the US import of the original Marvel Phase One Blu-ray release yeah. in the case with, with the Cosmic Cube, and it looked amazing. I can't understand why the Blu-ray release. There was a recent re-release in two phases and that's gone off out of print and yet you can still get the DVD one which is really frustrating but I also picked up uh, Attack the Block on Blu-ray for a pound that's a deal that is a deal and a half that is a great film that was good it was a shock because usually the Poundland Blu-rays are the kind of thing that a guy would buy and stick in a barbecue in his garden (laughs) but um, no I was was really pleased for a pound because I I picked up up a couple recently I think we were when we were in Southampton last year Mm -hmm. The Artist for a pound um, which is quite good so I'm building a very um, sizable collection too uh, for a pound <laughs> <laughs> Blu-rays that I've got yes. um, I mean, it's a good place to check out now. I know they're replays and they're usually refurbished discs but yeah. for a quid I'm going to go far on I've been um, I mean you can get um, half a miles bar for that nowadays yeah can you get half a miles bar for that I don't know I don't mean it's pretty close yeah. chocolate's expensive sugar tax and everything it's, it's terrible um, but um I've also been trying to catch up on some TV because um, I've just worked out when my TV set, my, my TV my TV TiVo right, yeah. says it's only got 20% full I'm thinking that's not bad but then I'm realising it's double the size of my previous one so, so it's now 60% is percent, uh, it's 40%, like 40% yeah um, but I've been catching up on Atlanta yes Keith recommendations and um, I must admit I am in love with it it's brilliant it is so great uh, Donald Glover is an absolute genius, uh, and the whole the whole show is just fantastic. And if you're not watching it already, yeah, you should be watching it. Paperboy, paperboy, God, yeah, I get that paperboy. Really oh, and also, I was, I was well impressed that um, Channel Four uh, of having seen that this is it, this is us, this is won it. loads of, of awards. They've kind of hidden it back away on more four after dumping it on Channel Four till like one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that was like the most stupid timing to put on one of the greatest shows made made in recent I times I I mean, when Emmy's that. left right and centre that show did I think it? Channel 4 realised that they, they've got something and they're, they're starting to market it so they, they were running their coming soon campaign and I on think more 4 is pro- a proper home for it I think yeah. that's more it's more esoteric it's more more 4 kind of style I just want to make sure my TiVo box was to record it off the right station because it stopped recording Atlanta when season 2 started on Fox so I was recording it on BBC Two, and then it started on Fox. And I almost missed it, um, which would be like if I'm recording one show, just record it all. But yeah, so I'm, I've, I've, I now need a fortnight off to watch uh, loads of TV, just so a whole much, bunch of Billy Ray's, and read a load of comics. There's just so much stuff coming out now; you just can't keep up anymore. It's, it's a struggle, but I, I'm up to the challenge. Weird news. My usual collection of weird news stories for us to delight and enjoy and I'm going to select three and we pick our favourite two. First one from The Guardian Japanese worker punished for starting lunch three minutes early nasty from WNCT.com all you can eat restaurant closes after customers eat too much Dot co dot nz. 
Auckland Council funded 91,000 goat hunt that didn't kill any goats. Can we get the bylines on these stories? Just just so I know who's written them. Uh, shall we start off with the or you can eat restaurant clothes yeah, after kids? <laughs> See too much. So this is from WNCT.com by Cron. K R O N is what it's listed. <laughs> <laughs> that's the byline. <laughs> no, that's the author. Okay. I am Cron. Cron <laughs> <laughs> eat too much in restaurant. He now sound, closed. He sounds like he's just appeared from a cone of the bar area. <laughs> I was like Cron's Cron. rubbish brother. <laughs> like, oh, I can't be bothered to go out and like save the grid today. I'll just send Cron to go into it. Yes. Cron, did you eat all the moose at that restaurant last night? Cron ate all moose and all furniture and all condiments. <laughs> Cron full now. <laughs> Could we also see after this what other articles Cron has written? Yes. An all-you-can-eat restaurant in China has shut its doors after it fell into debt only two weeks after opening. The Chinese hot pot restaurant Jia Mena started out by offering a month of unlimited food for twenty-five US dollars starting on June the first. What? <laughs> in just two weeks, Jia Mena racked up a hundred thousand dollars in debt, according to ABC Australia. Customers paid the fee and got a membership card that entitled them to unlimited food a month. Some report that customers shared the card with family and friends, which increased the volume of meals being consumed in a single purchase, according to the Chengdu Economic Daily. <laughs> Officials say the restaurant served in excess of 500 customers per day. Owners told ABC Australia they didn't think they'd lose money, but rather they could accumulate more repeat customers. According to ABC, Hot Pot is very popular in Chengdu. It's a estimate there's over 20,000 hot pot restaurants across the city. So why weren't they all doing this? People took to social media to chastise the owners for thinking the promo was a good idea. You would dare not play to this kind of thinking thinking in China, wrote one person. Never underestimate our Chinese appetites, said another. (laughs) So this was like everybody had a Nando's black card. It was like literally (laughs) just, you could eat what you want. That's foolish. That's like £25 for the month though. That's good. Do we want to know what other Cron stories that Cron has yeah. What else did Cron write about? Cron has also written about Deputies. Man hired to restore classic vehicle after failing to do so after being paid. Okay. Explains itself, really. Yes. And what was the other one? Da, da, da. Cron only write three stories. Bill would keep Trump off 2020 ballot until he releases his tax returns. Is, is Cron, got, Cron got Twitter? I don't think Cron has a but Twitter. But you said, oh, see if you've got, Cron's got Twitter. It did, it, there was no Cron Twitter. You just type Cron and you get nothing else. I'm, 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 I'm hoping Cron's got a music video. What's the, what's the name of the, the place where Cron comes from? It's WNCT.com. Hang on, hang on, that's a it's lot of Australia. Us. Which is on WNCT9 on your side. WNCT9. Yes. Cron. Yes. And it looks like it's somewhere around Greenville in America. Or is it Australia? One of those places. Somewhere not in the UK. Somewhere not in the UK. Yeah. I can't find much about Cron. No. Shall we move on from Cron? Cron, Cron has returned to his own time now. Yes. <laughs> I think Cron's more entertaining than the story. <laughs> Uh, I have found another story, which, <laughs> outside the, the, which the, isn't from Cron. <laughs> this, this is from Cron's best mate, Gron. <laughs> it's from WPXI.com, and it's from AxonNewsJax.com is the byline. God, you make this Woman shoots husband in testicles after he tries to take her air conditioner. What? 
I mean, it's an air condition. If it's a hot day, then like temps would be flying. Yeah, it's, yes. it's understandable. This is from Columbia County, Florida. A woman in Florida County Jail. A woman in Columbia County, Florida, is back in jail after she failed to show up in court for an ag- aggravated battery charge. In October of last year, Kimberly Dunn, 35, shot her ex-husband in the testicles after he tried to take an AC unit, according to the arrest report. That's a pretty good shot, though, isn't it? Yeah, I was going to say. Mean, you know, just, just in the testicles. Someone, that's, someone has that's been playing Sniper Elite quite well this that, is. That's pretty accurate, that is. Yes, Dunn's estranged husband said he'd came to her home with his brother to pick up the unit. She had, he had discovered she was attempting to sell it on Facebook, the report said. The couple go for a divorce, the re- also the arrest report said. When the man and his brother attempt to unhook the unit, Dunn sat on it to prevent the two men from taking it. <laughs> well, that, that was just going to get her a refund request on Facebook, wasn't it? When the ex-husband approached her, he tried to remove her from the AC unit, but Dunn produced a pink stun gun and attempted to re- re- electrocute him. Dunn was struck in the head and dropped both the pink stun gun and the handgun. The gun, uh, Dunn reportedly got off of the ground and shot him in the testicles with the handgun. The man's brother pushed Dunn to the ground and attempted to help his brother and drove him to the hospital. The report said the ex-husband's brother screamed, you shot my brother, and began choking her until she blacked out. This is getting bleak. This is sounding like This is sounding like an episode of Atlanta. Dunn's ex-husband picked up the gun after the shooter and brought it with him to the hospital. Dunn was arrested the same day and taken to Columbia County Jail without incident. She said she didn't mean to shoot her ex-husband and was only trying to scare him. Let's go for the um, let's go for the naughty Japanese worker. The naughty Japanese. This worker. sounds like it's going to be sad, sad though. I'm worried about this. Did, this, cro- did Cron write it? Three minutes early for his lunch. <laughs> this is from the Guardian by Justin McCurry. Justin McCurry, yeah, really? <laughs> that's what it says. I bet he got his £25 gift card from that shop, that old restaurant. I've just come from McCurry. It's Justin. Could you imagine a McCurry burger? Oh. <laughs> Could I have some chicken in that? What's the name? Justin McCurry, mate. <laughs> It's just what's going on. Are we ready to start the actual like weird news to Justin McCurry. <laughs> well, he's in Tokyo, apparently. So he's Justin McCurry in Tokyo. <laughs> it's just, oh, Do no. you eat chicken and soul? No, Justin McCurry in Tokyo. <laughs> I just oh, snorted. <laughs> Japanese worker punished for starting lunch three minutes early. Managers called TV news conference and bowed an apology at employees' deeply regrettable actions. What? <laughs> Japanese commitment to addressing its dismal work record on work-life balance has been called into question after a civil servant was punished for habitually slipping in from his desk a few minutes early every day to every Friday to buy a bento lunch. The 64-year-old, an employee of the Waterworks Bureau in the western city of Kobe, Give him a break. was fined and reprimanded after his foundry left his desk just three minutes before the start of his designated lunch break on 26 occasions over a seven-month period. So 26 times three, what's that? What, 78 minutes. over 78 minutes over a seven-month period. Over 64 years of life. Oh my god, man. Like, what Jobsworth is observing that? Like, oh, I noticed that um, Cron went for lunch early. <laughs> Three minutes early, every Friday. That Cron. 
Yes, senior officials at the Bureau then called a televised news conference where they described the man's conduct as deeply regrettable and bowed in apology. A spokesman for the Bureau told Associated Free Press the lunch break is from noon to 1pm. He left his desk before the break. What if he needed the toilet on the way out? The worker had violated a public service law requiring officials to concentrate on their jobs according to the Bureau. Local media reported the incident soon after MPs passed a law intended to address Japan's punishingly long working hours. Last month, the lower house passed a bill to cap overtime at 100 hours per month in response Whoa. to a imp- number of employees dying from karoshi or death from overwork. The government was forced to act following the public outcry over death of Matsuri Takahashi, a 24-year-old employee of advertising giant Dentsu, who killed herself in 2015 after being forced to work more than 100 overtime hours in one month, including weekends. Takahashi's case triggered calls to address workplace culture that often forces employees to put in long hours to demonstrate their dedication. I mean, if you're stopping someone from going for lunch for three minutes early... That's a brave move, because that person's going to be angry. Social media's leapt to the Kobe official's defence with one Twitter user pointing out on average he'd left his desk early just once a week. Others wondered if the rule would apply to those who leave their desk to go for a smoke or go to the toilet. Another said, what about all these politicians who sleep all day in Parliament? They ought to be fired as well then. I mean, that's a pretty harsh story. I mean, if it hadn't been for just Sumi Kuri... Like- <laughs> be a lot sadder about it. It gets worse. The official's illicit bento expeditions were uncovered after a senior colleague looked out of his office window and spotted him walking to a nearby restaurant that sells takeaway food at lunchtime. Shouldn't he be getting the sack for lollygagging out the window as well? (laughs) Lollygagging! Senior management calculated how much time he'd spent away from his desk and docked him half a day's pay. According to Sora's news. Half a day's pay? They're mugging him off, man, that's not fair. For 78 minutes of unappreciated lunchtime. I suppose it doesn't matter up after a while, doesn't it? The employee who has not been named reportedly said he'd left the office early to buy lunch because he needed a change of pace. (laughs) Kobe City recently suspended another official for a month for a similar misdemeanour, saying he'd been absent for more than 55 hours over a six-month period. That's like that's like a, a day and a half, two days, two and a half days, right? So like, well, hang on, it's a seven-hour week. So hang on, let's. let's no, a fifty-five-hour week is probably a standard Japanese working week. That's no, a long, that's a, that's an awful lot of time. Well, yeah. maybe, maybe maybe had a stomach bubbles, maybe had norovirus. <laughs> you know, poor guy. That's pretty harsh. What to be docked half a day's pay for leaving seventy-eight minutes over a nine-month period is a bit ridiculous, really. Maybe his watch was wrong, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, it could have been three uh, minutes ahead. It won't be a, a Japanese watch, won't be out by three minutes. We know from their train time running, they'll always be on time. That's pretty brutal. I mean, a yeah. lot of people in this country would be absolutely <laughs> in trouble. I mean, yes. like. I mean, imagine Phil Ellis in an office. <laughs> he walks in at like half ten, like, hi, uh, like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at work started an hour and a half ago, yeah. Hi, uh. <laughs> I think I think there's there is some there is some cultural baggage to all of that, it, but it's it can't be good for people in the 21st century to have to be constrained that much. And I know I know it's a lot it's a big issue in Japan the kind of. I mean, we all know the person in an office who leaves starts five minutes late and leaves five minutes early. I, I, well, I, 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 in my time, I've known ridiculous people who clock in at work and then have their breakfast. Yes. So oh, I got here at seven. Yeah. Uh, and or you have to smoke. For the first hour, you read the paper. Then you had your breakfast, which was porridge, which took you a month and a half to make. Right. Then you had a fag break. 
There was there's a gentleman who worked at one of my previous working establishments many years ago. What he used to do, yeah. what he used to do was clock in, go for his smoke, back to his desk. Ten minutes later, toilet break, back to his desk. Half an hour, say, time for his coffee from the coffee shop. No. Back to the desk. Had his coffee. Toilet break again. Then lunch. Then another toilet break. Then soup in the afternoon. Then toilet break. Then coffee. Then toilet break. Then home. I worked out. You probably did about two hours of work per working day. Legend. I mean, I don't know what he was doing so many times in the toilet, but. Well, right. I mean that is a bit it's of an, obvious, right? I mean that is a bit of an extreme case. He did used to take the newspaper with him. If he's if he's only eating soup though, maybe yeah. like if that's his only diet, then that would be wouldn't be a good situation. I'd like to point out though, as sad as that story was, I genuinely think coming from out of that piece, Keith might have been the only person to use the word lollygagging <laughs> since the nineteen forties on radio. I'm Keith, sure Keith's been playing Skyrim too much. I think I think, uh, I think you'll find that lollygagging is a, is a <laughs> term that all the kids are using. Uh, <laughs> I've, I, I was only walking past a group of teenagers at my local bus stop, and at least ten of them said lollygagging at least once. <laughs> it's going to be the latest hot Instagram craze. Yeah. I mean, you know, they were saying... You had the Harlem Shake, now you're going to have the lollygag. Yeah, it's like, you know, as I walked past them, they were like, check out this old fella lollygagging. <laughs> so, you know, it's... I think uh, we should set that up. Do our own viral video with the lollygag. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going on Urban Dictionary to see what uh, lollygagging is. Whatever it means now is not what it meant when I first heard uh, it. Procrastination at its fullest. Purposely finding other things to do than what you should be doing. Um... Yeah, uh, so I, I used it perfectly in the example that I, uh, I did. An extremely <laughs> kinky thing that has been banned in the province of Skyrim for 150 years. Oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. You can't read that one out. It, yeah, can you go to Urban <laughs> It's pretty much sounding, but with a lollipop, if you know what sounding is. But that's all I'm going to say. Oh, wow. That's an eye opener. If you get to Urban Dictionary, a few of them down, lollygagging. Um... That's that's not what I uh, knew. Was well, that what was happening at the bus stop, Keith? They're all open for a bus stops. I don't remember doing that with the uh, chupa chups. Or lollygagging. Or lollygagging. But procrastination, that's what it meant for me. It was doing things you shouldn't be doing. Lollygagging. <laughs> Time to move on. Oh, apparently there's another one. The girls were all lollygagging all night about the new boy in town. Yes, I think it is time to move on. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> What's he saying there? <laughs> Thank you for joining us on the Geeky Room Show this week. Keith, where can we find you online? Online, you can find me on the Twitters at hardluck underscore hotel, on Instagram without the underscore, and just at hardluckhotel.co.uk on the webs. Um, but yeah, you need to encourage me to put more stuff on the website because it's very tiring. Guy, where can we find you? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm forbidden. You're forbidden. You can find him at guy underscore Halford and vinyl guy H on Instagram if I remember correctly. Potentially. Yes. What's your eBay seller's um, What's your eBay seller's name? I <laughs> do not. Sore <laughs> subject. 
Oh, you might be saying stuff that I'm interested in. I can barter with you. Uh, well, no, because then you'll come back for a reason like everybody else does. <laughs> Don't buy records off God. Anyway, you can find Phil Ellis currently eating in a restaurant for its opening night. Or at Philip underscore Ellis. Philip one now, Ellis with two. Ginger guy, blue tick. That's yeah. the usual spiel, isn't it? Check out his uh, Instagram as well for lots of uh, nice shots of, uh, of Phil. Yeah. Of Phil, yeah. <laughs> he takes a good photograph as our Phil. Mr. Selfie Selfie. And you can find me, Lolly Gargan, at Ryan Parrish on Twitter, at Brummy Gormond as well, where I'll be writing some stuff again very soon to keep right field on that. And you can find us all on Geeky Brummy on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Yow Chow. He's going to go mental at you. You forgot to mention his little Instagram. The, the so, fetus. Yeah, he's going to go mental. Why didn't you mention me? Why? Why? I'm a puppet. Why? You can find Nate Crowley at <laughs> <Frog Berkeley laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> And don't forget, you can find the child, Mr. Callan Danes, at D-A-Y-N-E-S Radio. You can find him at Danes Radio or in Eastbourne, throwing stuff at seagulls, probably. Bring back my chips, you seagulls! I'm going to dress like this old man on the pier. Both of those voices were way too deep. If I put my, if I put glasses on, do I look like a teacher, mummy? Do I look like a teacher if I wear glasses, mum? Hang on, we need to get the proper <laughs> Callan Danes. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Oh, oh. I've, got, I've got to respawn. I navigated by water. <laughs> I've lost all my trousers. I've only got my shorts. I know shorts have gone too. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, Callan. Bye. Thank you for listening to our high-quality podcast. If you like what we do, you can support us by visiting patreon.com forward slash Brum Radio.